don't you dare be the root cause of all of this and then come on and be like, but then Wilberforce. When he came in that, that with that film, <laughs> in that film, sorry, and he had that massive scroll with like 300,000 signatures and dashed on the floor and was like, guys, look at what I've been doing on um, change.org. Stop it. Oh! <laughs> actually, stop it. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Coco Girls, episode 30. I am Daria. Hi guys, I'm Nai. Welcome back to the Coco Girls. Yes, on this first day of this new month. Obviously, it's not going to be the first day of the new month when you guys listen to it, but it is officially the first. For us right now. Mm-hmm. The new month. How are you doing? How is the new month treating you? The first, I don't know how many hours it's been, but it's been long. <laughs> it's It's been all right. I've been just running errands today post office, food shopping, just boring things, which makes sense because my birthday month is over, so. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot for you, it's literally the whole month that you celebrate. Just... Yeah. Someone tried to tell me, like, Virgo season started already, and I was like, that has nothing to do with me. August is the month I was born in. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. <laughs> what about you? How's the first of the month been treating you? Yo, life is coming at me hard and fast right now, so that's all I'm going to say. Mm. Um, deadlines yeah deadlines it's officially one month deadlines. before I need to submit 15,000 words so what a horrible word deadline the fact that it has the word dead in it is just so ugh, so ominous <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, oh gosh okay well today I am doing the news guys and as you know when I do the news we head off over to the Caribbean so some sad updates to start obviously you've probably seen that um, the legendary dub pioneer Lee Scratch Perry passed away on the 29th of August. So rest in peace to Lee Scratch Perry. If you are not familiar with him, I suggest you get familiar. Like literally pioneered what it is, what a remix is. So if you don't know, (laughs) get to know. Um, Pretty much. Love and light goes out to New Orleans, who are obviously suffering from the impact of Hurricane Ida. Um, Obviously the biggest concern right now is that over a million people don't have power um Mm -hmm. so yeah sending love and light to the people of new orleans um i keep seeing this kind of discourse online with people like talking about oh why don't you just evacuate like just evacuate it's like some people have nowhere to go like yeah actually have nowhere to go so can we not with that and just focus on helping people um obviously haiti still needs assistance so i'm going to put those links to the organizations that we found that were i want to say reputable and like community-led um back Mm. in the description so people can still like donate and help if you can or just keep spreading the word because i noticed that like obviously there's no there's not many conversations still coverage yeah coverage thank you Mm. for the word i'm going on so yeah um an earthquake also struck the west of Trinidad uh, on the 30th of August. It was 4.6. Um, it's the third one to hit this uh, month. The last one, as in Trinidad, the last one occurring on 23rd of August. No one has been injured. So that's good to know. Um, just quickly, sorry, excuse me. Uh, the Paralympics are going on. Um, and I wasn't going to let it slide yeah. that we didn't mention the Paralympics. I mentioned, like, we did the whole rundown of the Caribbean winners last time. So, and the black. British winners so I wanted to just bring that back mm-hmm. because obviously Paralympics is Olympics anyway so um, from the Caribbean the only Caribbean nation that was on the medals board was Cuba so big up Cuba um, they had two gold medals okay. 
men's long jump and women's 400 meters and they had a silver for men's long jump and a bronze for men's discus um the uk is further in the leaderboard uh the medals board sorry and they have 86 medals 30 mm. gold 24 silver and 32 bronze but special big ups to kadina cox who has won two golds one for individual cycling event and another for team cycling event so she's doing the thing for all the black british paralympians out there you feel me is it so big ups to her nice I watched the um, American basketball Paralympians game and like it was so it was so intense, man. It was actually really good watch, but I didn't watch all of it though. But yeah, well, watching anything sport that I'm really into stresses me out, especially mm. yeah, it's, it's stressful. <laughs> it's stressful. I can do track and field because you get you get so invested. Uh, you get so mm. invested, and that's the problem. Depends who you are. If you're Jamaican, it's quick, yeah. <laughs> if you're coming in last, it can be quite a slow race. <laughs> Don't get these African Americans hot, lad. Don't do it. On on that topic, can I just say one thing before you proceed? Yes, Leslie. Because I myself was actually um, supporting Shakari Richardson quite like firmly and heavily last episode, which you know, like I still have love for her. Did She's you, a black woman, and like. Do you know what I mean? Did new information come to um, light? Daria did. <laughs> did it? Daria did try to, um, I wouldn't say warn, but just try to um, Tell you not make to me aware of what may, could happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, she basically, she liked a tweet, um, which was basically clowning Jamaican, saying like, you man want a race, but you run barefoot every day to the coconut stand or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, my girl, that's very, very ignorant. And you're showing your ass right now. Just... <laughs> just lose grace graciously it was uncalled for that upset my spirit it was uncalled for i just wanted to say that i'm not i'm not team that please none of that I mean, please what track and field event is coming up next i don't why do i feel like it's in it's not in belgium am i lying or is it in switzerland oh i don't know oh i'm gonna have to double check that i'm not gonna check it right now i'll come back to that at a later point in this episode guys mm, it's in europe guys it's in europe thank you <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna do three news stories today. I'm gonna start in Barbados. So, a local lawyer wants court to rule against luxury hotel group. Can you guess which luxury hotel group this is? Because it was the first one that came to my mind as soon as I saw the headline. To be honest. Four Seasons. No, I think Caribbean luxury hotel group. Oh okay. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Sandals, bruv obviously. Oh, okay. So attorney at law, Lalu Hanuman, will be asking the Supreme Court to rule in his favour in a case against a popular hotel chain, Sandals, and so set a precedent mm. to set a precedent to allow Barbadians full access to all beaches on the island. Um, I think we've talked about this before, that um, a lot of beaches in the Caribbean are privatised and then um, hotels have, like, monopoly over them and, and decide who yeah, can... Yeah. <laughs> who can go to a beach on their in their own country absolutely literally their own island (laughs) um following a i can never say this word declaratory court action filed more than five months ago against sandals barbados resort and spa hanuman said the maximum 56 days had passed for sandals to file its defense he told barbados today he was not aware sandals legal representatives um had done such and would therefore be asking the court to award him a default judgment um which would mean it'll be like he'd set a precedent if he wins this legal case basically He's okay. claiming that people are being yeah, denied yeah. access to some sections of Maxwell Beach by the hotel and further charges that it has put up signs which state only sandals registers guests permitted beyond this point. I think it's so sickening. He said okay. if he succeeds here at um, Maxwell Beach about this um, claim, 
he will set a precedent that can be applied to all beaches. So whether you are talking about Crane Beach or the New Hyatt Hotel Beach or any other beach, the public will be able to demand right of way. Um, he had a defamation lawsuit against Sandals, but dropped it. It was He got into altercation with a security guard when he was trying to walk his dogs on the beach, apparently part of the beach where he shouldn't have been. Um, but he's decided to drop it um, because he wants uh, the focus to be on the issue of uh, rights to access to the beach. Um, like I said, I think it's absolutely wild that Caribbean and people on their own island don't have access to Yeah, this is just so so wild, like, to even comprehend, but okay. Yeah. Um, story two, we are heading to Jamaica. Obviously, I can't do a news update without mentioning <laughs> Jamaica. Um, the headline got me, and I didn't laugh, and I'm proud of myself that I didn't laugh, because the headline... Oh, no, no. Very... Let me rein it in, then. Yeah, hold it down. You ready? Woman says mm-hmm. Duppy killed her husband. Yeah? Well, Duppy killed her man. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> said you agree. Like. Yeah, man, why not? I mean, I definitely believe in Duppy, so I'm not going to front like they ain't out here. I mean, we've had loads of fucking American blockbusters that showcase based on the true events, based on the true story. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Duppy yeah. killed her husband, innit? Who knows? But yeah, she says. Raquel Bartley is convinced that, um, that a woman Duppy had a hand in her spouse's death. Her spouse died on July 1st, a few weeks before she gave birth to their daughter. Um, she told the star, obviously it's from Jamaica Star, that a series of strange occurrences began when they moved to a house in Hayes Clarendon. She said a week after moving in, they were told that four families were forced to leave because the homeowner's ghost was living there. Bartley said her spouse began feeling ill shortly after they moved in. She visited a Christian man, that's how it was written in the article, by the way, who told her mm. that the duppy, a little short, slim body woman, won't leave him alone. <laughs> I loved it. This, Sorry. It was the, the description. <laughs> it was the description oh that gosh. sent me. I was like, the slim, some slim body duppy woman. Duppy goes gym, yeah? yeah hey, listen. <laughs> hmm. um, yeah. But he said the situation became more frightening when her spouse fell ill a day after hitting a lizard, yeah? I don't know the significance of him hitting a lizard, but yeah, she said he hit a lizard. Yeah, maybe it was like a a car accident or something. But she said he hit a lizard and then she said he was taken to the hospital Mm. where he fell ill and he was taken to the hospital where he spent a few days, then he died. There hasn't been like, in the article, Mm. there was no cause of death. There was no like, it gets it gets weirder. Um, She's she, very vague. Yeah, she believed the ghost followed her spouse to the hospital. A nurse then told her when she went to like visit him, um, that the duppy uh, had come to the hospital because basically when she turned up, <laughs> if you can see Nice's face right now, <laughs> she basically turned up to the hospital to visit her man, and a nurse had said, "Oh, you know, say say one woman came to see him." And she was like, it's a duppy. Oh, it's gosh. a duppy. This is what the nurse said to her, yeah? Or a mistress. <laughs> I mean, and then the nurse went on to say that every nurse who would try to go into his room was forced out by said duppy. Um, hmm. Raquel also said that she said a man, a man came to the house to pray. Um, and he related to her that he too had an account with the duppy and also felt ill and was hospitalised. The mother of five said her spouse was the breadwinner and she's struggling to meet her and her family's basic needs. She's mm, being sustained so. by the goodwill of her neighbours in Lionel Clarendon and said if she could get assistance, she would open a shop. Um, she provided a number. We can share it in the description if you want to help donate to help this woman and her five kids survive yeah. basically because now the main breadwinner is gone and she's got a new little baby. Yeah. I mean, regardless of, of like cause of death, obviously like want to um, help her out. But 
I, I feel like there's so many missing pieces here. I, I just, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I kept on scrolling up and down the article, like, did I miss something? Yeah. Because up till now, nobody said cause of death. Like, can you please let mm. me know the cause of death, at least? Because why are we leaving it vague here? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Before the pastor, oh, I didn't say pastor, but before the Christian man, like, fell ill, I was thinking, well, did baby girl, you know, do something untoward and then try and well, blame you it on spirits? you she's <laughs> No, no, never. Okay. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. Um, boy, okay. rest in peace, I guess. I hope is, is the pastor okay? Um, it didn't mention, didn't do follow up on a pastor. I don't know. Mm. This journalism was very slack, but it's also the star. So sorry, guys. Don't oh, the star. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? Um, the, it is what it is. Exactly. The last story is from Trinidad, and I thought I'd just do something nice because I feel like a lot of the articles I do are like crime based or stuff. So. <laughs> this one is called Nkozi has a dream Nkozi Clarence has dreams of becoming a medical doctor He said his reason to pursue this noble profession Is because he wants to pay it forward I just love that mm. um, When he was free he fell ill His mother thought he, it was just a cold But his grandma sent something worse And urged us to take him to the, um, to the doctors His fever grew higher He developed pneumonia And doctors gave up, up on him All except one Who decided to treat him with antibiotics Which was not usually administered to a child of his age at the time he recovered and since then he has been focused on becoming a doctor. They did a lot of mentioning of where he grew up and like how the youth there tend to like just go to crime. He also mentioned that too and he said like mm-hmm. people will laugh at him and say like why are you always still trying to go to school? Why are you still trying to do this, this, that and the other? Oh man, enemies of progress. Um, but he has now been accepted to do bachelors of medicine at the Faculty of Medical Sciences at the University of the West Indies Mona campus in Jamaica. But he still needs to raise $50,000 to cover costs. And we'll put the link for that in the bio as well, because I think it'd be such a shame that he doesn't reach when we could all Mm. donate literally, like, I don't know, $10. If you have that. If you don't, share it, because someone else might have it. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Sharing can make a big difference. And he really wants to pay it forward. And I think that's so beautiful. Since Since you're little, you're still going for the thing that you love. Um, and I think that's a yeah. lesson to us all, really. Love it. Um, but yeah, so should we get into the main segment now? Yeah, thanks for ending the news on a high note because it's not going to be rainbows from here on out. <laughs> it's really, it's really, really not. It's really not going to be rainbows. <laughs> and um, what we're about to talk about, uh, I revisited because I watched it uh, as part of my reading and research for my thesis whatever mm. um so, yeah. so is it a, is it documentary would you describe it as yeah do you want me to do a synopsis go for it okay so today we are ruining the psychosis of whiteness it's a documentary film that examines whiteness through the lens of three quote-unquote first films about slavery amistad bell and amazing grace um and it is so the cast of the film i say cast so the co one of the writers is uh, narrator is Professor Kende. He says his name differently to how I'm used to hearing it be pronounced, and I think it's Kehinde. Mm-hmm. He says, I, "Yeah, I think it's Kehinde." He says, okay. "If it's not, I apologize." But I do know he pronounces it differently from how I've heard it being pronounced before. Anyways, right. he's professor of Black Studies at the University of Birmingham. Um, his first book was "Resisting Racism: Race Inequality and the Black Supplementary <laughs> School Movement in 2013." Uh, this came from his PhD research, and then he did Back to Black, Retelling Black Radicalism for the 21st Century in 2018. 
And then his latest book is The New Age of Empire, which came out this year, How Racism and Colonialism Still Rule the World. Um, I'm actually reading Back to Black and uh, New Age of Empire at the moment. And sorry, his frankness cracks me up. It actually just yeah. has me on the floor rolling around because I'm just like, wow, these white people really let you publish this. <laughs> Funny. Um, the other <laughs> the other director is um, and writer is uh, Eugene Norman. He's a senior lecturer in sociology at Birmingham City University. It featured Anna Ruprecht, I think, Uni of Brighton Primary, and her primary research of interest, this is a white lady, uh, <laughs> focused on the British and American slave trades, enslavement, resistance, and empire. Um, she's a senior lecturer in the School of Humanities. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of mm. just a quick overview. Um, I think... Did you want to say something before I just added this? No, I was going to say, like, should we explain a bit about, like, what the psychosis is? Or, yeah, or I was just going to do that. I was just going to say that... Great mind. He, he speaks about um, the psychosis of whiteness in terms of, like, five symptoms. Um, he goes through with each film, like, showing examples. Um, so the five symptoms of whiteness that are broken down within the film are, number one, elevating specific black people over others who are still seen as inferior. And then number two is praising institutions for stopping slavery, ignoring their role in establishing and maintaining slavery. Three is downplaying mm. the role racism plays in society. Um, four is silencing of black voices. And five is distancing like the country from slavery. In I think in the majority of cases it was Britain, but Amistad is yeah. American folk. No. Am- American folk is Amistad, no? Isn't it? I've never watched it. Um, when they come into... Wasn't it between Spanish and UK? Oh, sorry, yes. Um, yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's kind of the... What was the second one? Number two. Yeah. Praising institutions for stopping slavery. Did I get that one wrong? Thanks. Oh. No, no, you didn't. I just was um, recapping because I didn't watch it today. Slash ignoring... So refreshing my memory. <clears throat> ...their role in establishing and maintaining slavery. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. I've been talking a lot, so let's hear your thoughts. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well put together. I thought that going through each symptom and then actually showing examples yeah. was a really good way to like back up all the points. Mm-hmm. It was really accessible. The language used wasn't too difficult to understand. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was really well done. I think that it would be a great starting point for people who want to like um, open their mind a bit. Um, and it re- it really put into visuals how how I was feeling about um you know um recently when a lot of um statues have been mm-hmm. torn down people have been protesting it this documentary really kind of spoke to although people were praising like Winston Churchill or whoever else like where that really comes from and why that people were so uh, passionate about doing that I feel like this documentary really explained a lot of that no, yeah, definitely. Um, I like what you're saying about it being really well put together and the accessible language. I found that really, really important because so... Reading all these academic articles, yeah, and I don't care, like, people are like, mm. oh, you're smart, you're doing a PhD. I'm sorry, no. Like, sometimes you guys just talk in academic jargon that is so fucking unnecessary mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so fucking unaccept- like inaccessible to people. And I just... If you really want to get these big ideas, these key ideas, especially now, like, whiteness feels like a buzzword for so many people to, yeah. to be using. Like, 
you need to make sure that the language is accessible so that people, when they're reading a tweet or whatever, they're not running off with their own fucking theories that don't make any fucking sense. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought... I really... Like, everything you could quote from this documentary, sorry, um, couldn't be taken out of context. Mm-hmm. It was it was so well... Every It felt like every single uh, piece of the script had value. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 definitely, definitely that, and I, and I, and I felt like it was a bit, it was a bit budget, it was a bit budget, yeah. But like these are uni mm. professors. I know that they didn't get mad funding for this, um, uh, but I really appreciated the style and, like you're saying, like the accessibility. One, I like mm-hmm. that he did. Um, so should we go through like each of the films and what he was saying about them? Yeah, let's do that. So the first um, one was Amistad, wasn't it? And that's directed yeah. by Steve, Steven Spielberg, I believe. Yeah. I think I said um, Spanish and UK, but it was the Americans that they wanted to portray themselves as being, like, moral and correct, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, so the irony when it was <laughs> I know. Moral what, what a joke. What is happening? <laughs> what a joke. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. So it was the slave ship, slave ship sorry, sailing from Cuba to USA in 1839. The Zong, wasn't it? No, the Amistad. That was the oh, shit. Oh, the Amistad, sorry. The Zong was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, when did he talk about the Zong? When did that come into him? My brain is frazzled. He he mentioned it, but that was just like another... That was the Zong massacre, the British slave ship um, in 1781. He was oh, just touching on Bell. that. Oh, sorry. That's mentioned in Bell. Sorry, I'm getting confused. Between yeah, he was touching on that when um, the slaves were like thrown from the ship and killed. Yeah. Um, or was that for Bell? Yeah, because that was the whole premise yeah. of the storyline of Bell, apart from Bell being the first mixed race. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, so his like um, reflections on Amistad was how like it was focused mostly on the white people involved, um, as opposed to black mm-hmm. people, like the fact that black people being sh- sold as chattel, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Obviously, shows white people as generous, as going out of their way for black people. Um, mm-hmm. The black characters have no voice. Um, the portrayal is all about how to show how white people are heroes and their values white values as in their their values were epitomized and fucking and portrayed as the american values of fucking freedom which we all know is absolute bullshit i mean i hope we all know that yeah um those are the general ideas. i think um what you touched on about the american ideas of freedom was really important because um i remember one of the historians or lecturers was basically saying like um they try to put liberty and freedom and justice, obviously American values, at the... No one can see me doing air quotes. Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> sorry. I'm not watching and I'm not doing anything. I'm just like, oh, shit, yeah. No, but yeah, they, they tried to put all of those values at the forefront and then they basically had the ideas and notions of slavery and rebellion as, like... Uh, a side story which yeah. they incorporate into basically a courtroom drama they described it as. <laughs> literally and it, it was just kind of like mm, yeah what you're doing is wild but I can definitely imagine watching this especially when I was younger and had like less knowledge about yeah. um history and kind of being like wow like this was revolutionary and yeah. it was even proven that like a lot of these court cases didn't even have the um the influence 
that they for like abolishing slavery and and it was never like the moral it wasn't their aim to abolish it because oh it's so inhumane guys like we have to do better like it was you guys were doing great like the uk was the best at it no (laughs) pioneers (laughs) literally like my gosh um but yeah it was it's it's also so heartbreaking and like heart-wrenching to to watch these kind of things because it's just Yo, like the the evil that was in some of these people, because I, I often hear people say um, there are no good humans and bad humans. You know, we are. That's not how the world works. We don't have like villains, and it's like you can be um, a good person and do bad things, and vice versa. Which I do agree with. That if anyone's like inherently good, mm. some people maybe, but like mm. there are definitely villains. There are definitely evil motherfuckers. Because like, don't. <laughs> Don't chat to me about these people that sat around quoting things like saying like um, black, they didn't even say people, but like um, Negroes can never, um, you know, have the same rights as a white person. They may be treated as cargo. Like, don't tell me these people. And I know it was of the time, like I understand, but this was their (laughs) ideology. It It wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) just whipped it into something else, Regin. They put new icing on the cake. Literally. You get me? Like, what the fuck? Oh disgusting but yeah um so yeah that was um amistad and then it was basically oh wait yeah i don't know if you want to talk about bell now if you had more to say about no that, no, no go through for bell though still because i have a lot to say about bell <laughs> yeah me too i have way more notes for bell <laughs> i think it's because i haven't seen i feel like i have seen amistad but it was when i was very young do you know what i mean um, mm. but bell but when the, i don't remember when bell came out but um i'll look while you're Talking. Um, yeah, it was it was directed by a black woman, Amma Asante, which I found quite interesting. Sorry, I just googled Belle and <laughs> Google has listed it as a romance slash drama. That's I hilarious. Am <laughs> well, this is the kind of point of the, like his whole fucking analysis. Yeah, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it literally came out in two thousand and fourteen. Damn, did mm. it? Yeah. Um, so they positioned it like the press build it as the UK version of Twelve Years a Slave which is don't do that absolutely wild and he did the whole where was the violence fa- fully i mean i couldn't even watch i remember having to pause 12 years a slave and come back to it at a later date and yeah. then skipping forward because it was just absolutely horrendous um yeah but yeah before it's ever at least it was black builders being the uk's equivalent but obviously there weren't there wasn't any violence like you were saying shown in bell and Belle was basically, um, I feel like the director, when she was being interviewed, she was just like, you know, I really wanted to, um, when I was younger and I saw these like period dramas, you know, I, I wanted to see myself. And I was just like, not every day you want to be at their table, you know, like, please relax. Yeah, true. And then, I, I did get what she was saying, though. I did get it. But then the way that the story was even told to like, you know, have like a romance in it, which just was not factual. And I feel like with these things, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you're presenting them as fictitious as, oppo- as opposed to yeah. like like fact. Like it just did go down like this, like Belle had a love interest and da 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 and like making her husband seem like this great white man that's come to save her when in actual fact, we don't know anything yeah. about the husband. Like, uh yeah it's all it's all very unknown and she married like 10 years after her white cousin so it's just all a bit mad anyway um because they also positioned it like so this is what i found really interesting so they positioned um bell as if she overcame um 
issues of classism because when her father died, she inherited his money. Mm-hmm. And that that, um, like, basically went over her white cousin not having any money. And so then it became a bigger... Di- classism became more important than racism. Mm-hmm. That really got on my nerves because I have met many people today... Obviously not in the 19th century. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even then, we don't know. <laughs> Literally. Who um, really believed that um, classism is like a bigger problem for the, the UK specifically. We still believe. Um, yeah. And I feel like this, this movie really um, tried to perpetuate that because it really tried to speak about if you're a lower, cl- a lower class white person, then you go through like such... Uh, horrible things and and it was actually spoken in the film that it was as bad as slavery it wasn't like just yeah, kind of um yeah. mm-hmm. in the air like she literally said it and it's like i think that also annoys me about different people's struggles that there's not always a need to compare anyway mm-hmm. like why can't you just be like a white working class person like going through struggles and also recognize that racism is also like poisonous i, I don't understand why it's like well, which one is worse struggle, you know what i mean like yeah please like it's it's enough um yeah tagging on to what you're saying um Mm. just the film is basically propaganda it's actually propaganda because (laughs) because yeah cheers (laughs) yeah we're we're clink 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 literally we're chasing we're chasing our wine glasses guys but um yeah man like lord mansfield is depicted as this fucking Obviously, this white, this white savior, isn't it? Which is absolute bullshit. Like he didn't he? It wasn't it ruled in favor of the insurer. So it is based on the Zong, isn't it? The Zong massacre case, which is basically where yeah. the insurer in where the those who had a ship full of slaves of enslaved black mm-hmm. people dashed them off and then claimed insurance money for them. Yeah. Um, when they could have like stopped at uh, I think it was eight or so different ports along the way it was also poor planning I hate to say poor planning when trans transferring like humans uh, like it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. you know this shouldn't have been happening in the first place but you understand in in the context um and yeah he like you said he ruled in favor of the insurers and it and it and the film makes it out because it's like oh his conscience and obviously he has his like Mm. his niece bell and all this bullshit where it was just really like he was just like "Mm, okay well the insurance win this because this is it's it's basically property he's ruling he was ruling based on the fact that these people were property and it's like well you lost your your, yeah you lost your property so therefore you're gonna you get the money kind of thing um but yeah like i said it's fucking propaganda so if you watched bell and you thought it was great you like propaganda and that's okay that's okay (laughs) standing the truth (laughs) literally as I said in the film, if they were to rule in favour of these slave masters, then that would have literally undermined slavery. Like it the because then they would have had to value those people higher. Yep, and seen them and, mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously like uh, Lord Mansfield was, was recognising uh the commodities, the goods that those people were making and making the UK so they don't say valuable but like prosperous and renowned at the time mm. um but yeah definitely wasn't about morality and principle um it wasn't it was not a political or social issue yeah. to honor the lives of, of that the lives that were lost and even i think it was uh, the narrator was saying like um they killed the enslaved people like not once twice but thrice like mm. with all the the fuckery that, that they were all the discourse around it basically mm. no yeah definitely 
Yeah. Literally comparing, like, obviously, like, we know what shuttle is, but, like, comparing them to horses and cargo, um, which would trigger an insurance payout. You know what I mean? Like, like so it... Oh, it, it's, it, it was just... It was just horrible. Um, but I, I think that this analysis of it that we watched was, like, really, really well done and really... Yeah, it was broken down really easily. Yeah, yeah. And I love the way that he walks us through kind of every kind of symptom that he's talking about and gives mm. us examples. Um, he's really good at that, even. And I especially like that when he said, for example, Lord Mansfield um, ruled in favour of the insurers Mm -hmm. he said like how he explained why it wasn't a moral decision because anyone can just say oh yeah he wasn't being moral and to move on but like he showed documents from the time um speaking to the validity of like the the discourse at the time so like it it just made sense like like to deny any of this would just be madness and the historians and lecturers that were speaking um they were of different races they're different experiences different unis you know what i mean like it just felt very Valid is the word I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anything more to say about Bill? Um, just touching on what you said about the when it was compared to being tw- uh, like twelve years a slave. So he they, they did a, they did a um a side by side like oh, showing that was so brilliant that that was really yeah. really brilliant so so well done um showing the side by side of like just ghastly scenes in 12 years a slave um and then um the juxtaposition of like cute outfits in bell basically um but yeah i i I, do you know what yeah i want to ask your opinion while we're discussing this on uh slavery films because i i've seen like quite people being quite split over this i I read like um some on like an online blog and like some people on twitter as well talking about those that are for and against like the production of them and like how how many we have and if they're needed for for the culture and that kind of thing i think my first thing is to think of is who are they for Mm. you know like who are they for because i don't feel like they're for me because i don't want to sit through a film and watch that to be quite honest so then yeah question would be then are they for white people and if they are for white people what are you hoping to achieve with these films are you hoping to develop a consciousness in people who are retelling history constantly you know Mm. I, yeah i don't know if that's um possible i i am not in favor of like any more slavery films i think that we've got enough um, yeah and there are some like um historically accurate ones as well you know yeah. um yeah um fair enough I don't, I don't want to what about you what are your thoughts um i think it's good to position like uh what the purpose is i think that like for a lot of us it's just traumatic and it's like a real life horror film that our ancestors lived through and it feels it like touches us very closely um i think there is sometimes some stories can be um told in a way which is very impactful for children of the right age to like comprehend and understand Mm -hmm. part of their history Mm -hmm. but i think it's like anything it should be balanced like it shouldn't be like the only um black film that uh, receives acclaim you know like that mm-hmm. yeah exactly because then it's like well we are not only um descendants of enslaved people exactly. so yeah no, exactly. and like enough of the like love stories in a lot of these films trying to like 
trying to make it like cutesy, like, oh, but at least I had a bay. Like, stop. Like, <laughs> stop. Tony, it's that line, you know, at least I had a bay. Like, for real? That's Literally. Fuck, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. Um, but yeah, um, I'm just checking where I'm at with my notes. Yeah, no worries, it just came to me. Um, yeah, so I've got here about the third one. So the good. third symptom, sorry. Oh, the third symptom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let's, let's go for the film, you're right, yeah. Uh, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace was basically based yeah, take on it away. William Wilberforce um, and mm. per- what a name. perpetuating this popular narrative that he was the driving force behind the abolition of the slave trade. Um, mm. I can see in my notes where I've just written in capitals where I've just got angry. <laughs> I took these from like some of the notes I took from my thesis as well, so... Lol, my supervisor, sometimes she must read these notes and be like, wow, she's angry. <laughs> um, she's in her feels. The, the worst thing about, well, not the worst thing about this film, but the really, like, ugh, thing about this film, I feel like that sound is the only way to express myself right there, but um, it was released mm. as part of the celebrations of the bicentennial abolition of the slave trade. And then, like, I love that um, they bring in this whole image of, like, the queen fucking laying down reefs and stuff, and there's this, like, little black boy in front mm. of her, and, like the voiceover of the BBC is doing this, you know, their whole hoity-toity bullshit about this is a marker of, you know, a great day and all this bullshit. And, like, the narrator's just like, yeah, yeah this is a fuckery. <laughs> I just enjoyed that whole setup. It was so... It was so good. Um, but, yeah, it's the same with... Obviously, he's going through and doing, like, the symptoms um, of the psychosis of whiteness and how they are, like, portrayed in the films and stuff. And, again, like, in Amistad, the, these black characters have no voice. And they even do, like, a clip where they do mm-hmm. a timer of, like, the amount of time a oh, black yeah. person speaks in the film. And it's, like... I don't think it's even one minute, is it? No. It's not even one minute. So. It was, like, really, really low. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so... I especially liked what... Um, one lecturer said he was a lecturer of criminology and sociology at the University of West London, William Henry. Mm-hmm. And he basically said that they like paraded Wilberforce around like he was some iconic figure mm-hmm. come to save all the Negroes from slavery. Um, and the way he just said it, so like, matter of fact, like, next, <laughs> like, yeah. how dare you kind of thing. Because it, it, just, it just reeks of like um, self like patting yourself on the back, self congratulations, um, and trying to hide the fact that because they had a um a fact in here that Britain was invo- involved with slavery longer than any other European nation, which I think we all knew, but to have it you know really highlighted in this documentary, I, lo- I love the I love the energy. Ah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, stop trying to move like. Uh, it, do you know what, yeah, the, the only, I don't want to belittle this, but this gives me energy of when someone ruins your day, yeah, specifically a man, and then it's like, have a good day. Like, don't you dare be the root cause of all of this and then come on and be like, but then Wilberforce. When he came in that, that with that film, <laughs> in that film, sorry, and he had that massive scroll with like 300,000 signatures and dashed on the floor and was like, guys, look at what I've been doing on um, Change.org. Stop it. Oh, <laughs> actually, actually stop it ah, that was brilliant. <laughs> like, what an insult like because and then, and then once again the narrator was proving like Wilberforce was not for the abolishing abolishment sorry of slavery like this man literally said that black and Asian and I'm guessing all brown people should be behind a screen 
when guests come to dinner, which was, a, you know, a common practice. Mm-hmm. But, and he also believed in, I don't even want to d- dive into this, but into a, a slavery breeding program. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hmm. Do you know what I mean? So don't pretend like he was out there campaigning mm-hmm. to get the shackles off. That, that, that literally wasn't happening. He didn't care. He didn't care. Yeah. Um, Mm-mm. I I enjoyed this documentary. I did. I I really did. I feel, and I'm glad he took those yeah. three films and he did that kind of comparison. I I would love to see. I'm kind of adapting his framework that he's used in terms of like this psychosis mm. to the work that I'm writing now. Let me not bore everybody, but like mm. to the work that I'm writing. No, now. we're not bored. Tell us. But, tell us. But tell I us, find tell it us. to be a really like interesting and accessible way to kind of. Um, like lens to kind of use to break down how whiteness works in so many different kind of spaces because obviously I'm looking at translation mm. and I'm seeing how that works so I like these five yeah. points as like access points for people and just to repeat them if you if I spoke too quickly before because I know that I do that often now, the sim- the five symptoms of the psychosis of whiteness are one elevating specific black people over others who are still seen as inferior Two, praising institutions for stopping slavery, ignoring their role in establishing and maintaining slavery. Three, downplaying the role racism plays in society. Um, and then this, in brackets, it's like, class is key to this poor white people suffer too narrative, close bracket. Four is silencing of black voices. And five is distancing a country, Britain in this case, from slavery. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think as well, if it was a moral issue to free um, enslaved people or to, like, overturn this terrible, terrible time that... Do you know what I mean? Like, if it was really about morals, mm. then why were slave masters compensated 20 mil and slave, enslaved people were, were just dashed? Like, do you get what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense up till now because and and you know what is is the biggest kick in the face like even when you like um rehome an animal like you, you make sure like they're good to go when i tell you like less than animals is what they thought of like it is it, you can just see it with your own eyes like so don't try and tell me that it was it was a moral dilemma of what to do because why didn't we get reparations then well, this is it. And isn't it recent? Oh, I can't remember what Yeah, It might have been last year that it came out and it was talking about how Britain mm. um, taxpayers had just finished repaying that that um, compensation for that went to slave masters. I believe it. I believe Are you serious? This is, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Britain slave owner compensation loan reparations um, and taxes was from 2020. So such wild things. <laughs> so basically, we we as as Black Brits, yeah, Black British Caribbean Pickney, who's been working since we were sixteen, <laughs> have been contributing. Come on, bro. Um, and there's people fighting to be called Black English. Let it go. Oh, <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Honestly, it's bad enough. Like the British part, you get me. Uh, but obviously, like I was born here, so I, I accept that with some kind of understanding and it is a different identity it's a different culture but another thing as well is like you know um in the film bell when she pushed her way forward in the courtroom past all these white men it's a lie it didn't happen to stand at the front yeah and i remember whenever i'd watched like any of these like um 
either like films about slavery or like even like period dramas that weren't about slavery and there'd be like one black person I don't when I was little I would always say to my mum like would that have been would that have happened like that like was that okay and she'd be like I don't know probably not like I don't, I don't know why it's, why, why they're doing why this do you know what I mean but it's like it's such subtleties of, of it being like this one woman could even could even be doing all that like despite her status we understand but they purposely tried to put that above Mm. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly what you're gonna say above her her race, but but these times, she, but it's she was having to hide when guests came over. <laughs> exactly, it's part of the the hallucinations and which is part of the psychosis itself. Mm. Like it's literally fabricated, mm-hmm. and and it's almost. I wonder if it's like, obviously, it goes towards justifying atrocities, but then it's also like, if those who are who are like fabricating this bullshit if they know this how do you even like justify the false justifications do you get me like it just it runs so deep <laughs> like mm, what's even going on but yeah um, just, it also no, go yeah on. go on go no on. no no go on continue no i'm talking a lot you go and then I'll, I'll come back no i just wanted to like um go back to the point i was making about how british taxpayers um just finished paying off this loan that the government took out to play to pay mm for uh, slave owners, slave masters um and the, mm. it would never have come to life in 2015 15 hm Tre- treasury tweeted here's today's surprising friday fact millions of you helped end the slave trade through your taxes i mean you didn't help end the slave trade you you helped to pay <laughs> to pay reparations to slave masters who were no longer allowed to wow. participate in the slave trade sis that could have stayed in your drafts do you get me? Like, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> he was on that account, like, yeah. And then, Wild. And Someone's people, intern got fired. <laughs> people to use like, the Freedom of Information Act to be like, um, excuse me, what what is this about? Um, yeah. Yeah, move. Um, even seeing Belle um, running around. Sorry, she wasn't running around. No, she did run, actually, yeah, quite a bit in the about, field. She like, she was, yeah, down, she was running around the grass. Down, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Up and down, maybe. For real. It reminded me of something that a couple of my mixed race um, friends have told me about um, some of their struggles growing up in London, because we've had like a lot of converts about um, uh, different struggles for, you know, if you're light skin or dark skin or fully black or whatever it might be. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And one of them specifically was talking about how um, something that like I, I personally myself can't relate to is like feeling unwelcome and experiencing racism from the white side of your family as at a young age based on the color of your skin obviously i did have my own experience of like we have colorism in black families that is a thing but it's not the same as um as what she was describing she went through Mm -hmm. and i think that they could have taken this opportunity to like of course they spoke about her being separated at dinner tables all this bullshit yeah but they could have really made this about like racism even for those that are light-skinned even for those that are mixed race in fact not even especially for those Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of mixed race people now that feel that their stories are often silenced because they know that it can be insensitive bringing it up sometimes so it kind of like i thought about someone watching that of mixed heritage also feeling a bit like this could have been another platform considering it's released in 2014 so like it could have been like a much stronger uh film but hey it was what it was right trash (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but the documentary was not the documentary. so what would you rate that out of 10 um, 
simply because it's helping me with my research, I'm gonna give it about an eight. Um, I also enjoy um Andrew's writing. His writing is very much accessible, very much mm. enjoyable. He's also a Malcolm X stan. That's my vibe. So oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm there. But what about you? Um, I'm actually gonna go nine. Oh uh, it was, damn! Yeah, it was really like it gripped me as well because a lot of um a lot of documentaries about slavery and like our ancestors and that part of our history can just be so like overwhelming Mm -hmm. and so off-putting and just like of course you want to learn so you you struggle bust through it but like you're really just like checking the timer (laughs) on the on the thing but yeah this was really um yeah exactly like it kept my attention as, as it should do this topic and it was just really well put together so yeah it's a nine Ah, I love it, love it. Um, no recommend you guys watch it. It's actually free and available to watch online. We will link it in the description. You can watch it. You can also mm-hmm. download it to your personal Google Drive. So, I mean, <laughs> look at this man, one. Man is really out here trying to educate the people for free. Do you get me? Like, yeah, man. Come on. So, yeah, love that. Um. All right. Cool. So, we. I don't have a big ups, but we have some links we're going to share with you guys in the description. Do you mm-hmm. have anything extra? I don't, I don't, I don't. Okay, cool. Um, do you want to let us know what made you happy this week? Um, I did a little cheeky trip to Paris, um, Ooh. which was really cute. Side note for the government out there, you lot are fucking mad. Like, what you're doing in certain communities Eek. and certain arrondissements <laughs> because about this fucking pass sanitaire. Like, bruh, you need a fucking pass sanitaire mm-hmm. to take a shit there, bruh. What the fuck? Like, it's actually Eek. very mad. Go to Went to go get coffee. Oh, can I see your pass sanitaire? Went in the shopping centre. Can I see your pass sanitaire? It's like, bruh. <laughs> Um, no, but anyway, that was my. This is the happy segment. Oh yeah, sure. um, sorry, but I had, to. Just... <laughs> I had to. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. It's like give people a fucking choice. Anyway, um, yeah. But yeah, it was a cute weekend. No, no, it's, it needs to be said. Saw one of my brothers I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I had a nice little cute, quick, quick stop in Paris. So that was cute. What about you? Um. Just been catching up with friends because I'm going back to work this week. So I was trying to like, you know, welcome yeah, back, dude. See the people. <laughs> see you mm. on. What's it called now? What are we on now? Teams. See you on Teams. Microsoft Teams. Mm. I know why they did that. Emojis. Do you know why they did that? Privacy issues. Oh no. Nah, you know what? Yeah, Teams actually baits you up. Even if you put "Do not disturb," yeah, but you're away from your computer, yeah. it shows it as a way. It turns to a way. So this is how work is going to be clocking when you're away. <laughs> nah bro you can override that shit i'm sure because i've been trying i've been trying to turn i'll show you i'll show you, you, I'll you, show you. Know okay cool thanks yeah but that's cute <laughs> well so i cute. hope i can if not then that would make sense to be honest uh, i feel um, like it's a scam i don't know why they decided all of a sudden it doesn't make sense to me it's very dodgy yeah also it's kind of like like an adjacent move like it's not really like a level up from Skype really, like, there's so many other <laughs> there's so many better like um messaging services that a lot of other corporations are using that are like top tier so also yeah why haven't you lot developed your own also do you know how you know what i'll get into it off off air because it's not even that okay guys well thanks for listening <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> uh to this week's episode hopefully that all bless um i hope yeah man stay safe yeah this new month brings you brings you nothing but joy and blessings isn't it Take care, everyone.